When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back. Second hour of the program. 0457 736 736. Uh, plenty of good texts coming through. I'll get to those in just a second. one 1170 if you'd like to give me a call. And uh, if you want, you can explain Rugby League to me basically Jason Saab style. Just think of me as an American. I've got a Signet Boost power bank to give away. And uh, if you can't do it on the phone line, then do it via text. Have you seen something that's been bubbling around about the Masters Club dinner? So you know that the defending Masters champion comes back uh, the year after and hosts the dinner prior to the Masters itself. And it's, it's popped up on social media, the invite from John Rahm. You're cordially invited to the Masters Club dinner, Augusta National Golf Club, Tuesday, April 9. 2024 at seven o'clock John Rahm host and then at the very bottom of the page it says PGA Tour guys kindly meet on the ninth green at 9 p.m <laughs> after all of the live stuff I thought it was really cool and then I had to obviously check 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 because the first thing I thought was yeah this is a fake and it is it's a bummer because it actually is a bit of a fake one well a lot of a fake one and it's gone viral on social media which is which is a pity that it's fake because I'd actually like John Rahm to do that. I reckon that everyone, part of the crusty, part of the crusty, you know, Augusta National members would probably think it's pretty funny. But just a little aside there from some of the stuff that we'll get uh, this coming Masters, which ain't too far away. Now, Charles, let, let's bring you in here because I would have thought that the last thing we do here on the morning's program is a, is a Taylor Swift update. But there's a bit going on in Taylor Swift's world. Now, by the way, we watched that Miss Americana documentary last night um, and didn't get the whole way through because we were knackered, but we watched it. It was really cool. Um, I haven't seen Taylor Swift. We saw Pink when she came out, and she was unreal. But you went last night. So, So give us the rundown. Did you purchase these tickets? Was this you as a Swifty wanting to get there? How did it all play out? Yeah, so uh, good morning, Matt. Good morning, everyone. I am, uh, I guess, a recent convert as a Swifty. Uh, my girlfriend wow. of about two years is a diehard Swifty. I was always sort of, I guess, the anti-hero, if you will, uh, to quote one of Taylor Swift's songs. Um, but I, I, I was never, I'd never really born to the hype. And then I think slowly, through repetition, through the songs being replayed over and over again in the car. We, we often go to Bathurst, that's where she's from, and that's all we listen to. So over time, it sort of wore me down. But now I'm, I'm right. definitely a, a diehard Swifty, and I've fought very hard to grab these tickets, and I somehow did. And it was just one of the best nights of my life. Like I, It was just unbelievable how amazing everything was. 
Is that right? So it was yep. it was that good. I mean, I've heard this. My daughter went, and we've had people from the office who went the other night who were just literally bouncing um, off the walls in the morning because it was just such a great show. Um, whether or not you're, you're a Swifty or not, it was just such a great show. So that's actually re- that's really cool to hear. Um, did you get the bracelet? Did you do this the Swifty friendship bracelet thing? Didn't do the bracelet, unfortunately. Um, I right. I stood out like a sore thumb last night. Everyone looked amazing. I think that was the, the really fun aspect. It was a really sort of welcoming, fun environment. Often when I go out to a core stadium, it's for the footy and it's very... Uh, divided uh you wear your team's colors and there's a bit of uh, animosity between everyone i think we hopped on the tay tay express from central station they'll play music all the way through to redfern strathfield everywhere and it's um just a really positive vibe um everyone was yeah everyone was just buzzing and, and excited uh, unfortunately didn't get the bracelet but did get the merch earlier in the week um so i had that ah. had that on um, so many sequins. My eyes were, were dazzling. Uh, <laughs> they're blinded by all the all the sequins that everyone was wearing. Um, and yeah, just to touch on what you said earlier, just like the fact that it was just an amazing show. I've definitely been to uh, artists that I've I preferred that their shows that I've mm. preferred, but this was a an amazing concert. It felt really personal. You wouldn't have been able to tell that she had done three nights in a row beforehand in Sydney. The energy was off the Richter. Um, wow, I've got a sore neck because I, I was running the, I was on the floor, um, and I was you know stretching my hey, neck out. You're on the seat. floor. Well, well, the the floor seats, uh, the, the floor seats. Oh, okay, up there. yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> you're not on the ground floor. level. Yeah, gee, that that, that would have been disastrous. But uh, on the, yeah, on on the floor seats there, and having to strain my neck to be able to catch a glimpse of her, but absolutely worth mm. it. And uh, yeah, eighty five thousand people uh, singing and chanting and. The like it was it was quite extraordinary what wasn't extraordinary was getting home afterwards when eighty five thousand people are trying to trying to hop on the trains and and the like so yeah it was it was, it was a wow. late night yeah all right okay well you got there in the end um uh, you weren't part of the scuffle this morning then at neutral bay wharf apparently with taylor's dad um and a paparazzi so a paparazzo it would be if it was the singular in that one, but that's a little story aside there. So there you go. I, I never knew that you would you would come on in and give us a Swifty update, but it was much needed and well appreciated. So thanks for being part of the show, mate, and, and taking over from Coach K, who's currently Vegas bound. Just get through. You got another you got another hour and and fifty one minutes. Okay, so just keep on punching. Um, if you're going to give us a call this morning, Chucky will be the first person who you get through to. So give him a little pep up. Um, I, I actually just said to him in the news break, time for a nana nap. I know you like to try and get all the way through to tonight and then shut down. When you go home this afternoon, have yourself a little nana nap, mate. There you go. Uh, well done, mate. 0457 736 736. John, your question has been answered about sport. Junior Smithy. Now we're back on track now. The Taylor Swift talk has happened and we're back on track, which is, which is all fine. Um, and it's good fun as well. Matty, on my day off. Uh, which I've now got unexpectedly on Thursday because we'll have full coverage of the first test Australia v New Zealand. Nothing beats a cup of coffee and a ceramic mug and a big brekkie than a long massage on your day off. Okay, yeah, I'll be able to. I'll be able to do both of those. Um, no problems with that one. Matty, the crowd in Vegas, I'd say somewhere between thirty to thirty-five thousand might be the figure. If that's a plus for the NRL, then well and good. Well, yeah, they're saying that 35,000 at the moment have been sold, which is absolutely fantastic. 
And if they can continue on that way, then it's a pretty good outcome. Let's talk football. The host of the global game, Simon Hill, joins us on a Tuesday morning around this time. So we've got you on the line, Simon. Good morning, mates. Um, obviously, a lot of focus around the Matildas tomorrow night down there in Melbourne. But can we continue a conversation that we were having last week about the A-League and the fascination around this this middle-of-the-pack area from, from fifth down? Because it gets even more fascinating with Western Sydney Wanderers against Sydney FC on Saturday. It does. Um, and the Wanderers had a good win at the weekend, uh, which they needed, to be honest, against Adelaide United. And, and Sydney had a little bit of a stumble at home to Melbourne City. So... You know, that, that top six race, certainly at the bottom of it, is, uh, I mean, you can throw a blanket over, you know, four or five teams and uh, basically make your choice out of that. So, you know, Saturday night is hugely important. And obviously, you know, we, we know that the derby resonates uh, so strongly in this city. Uh, so expecting a, you know, a packed house in, in Parramatta. And, uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting game. Marco Redam back on the... Uh, on the touchline mm. as well after serving his two-game ban. So maybe, maybe we'll have some more fireworks. Who knows? <laughs> well, do you, I mean, do you really serve it? You know, if you're still if you're still sending all the information down, you're just not on the sidelines, are you? So I, I wonder how much you serve. But it'd be good to have him back down there. So how do you think this one plays out? It's fifth versus sixth. It's got all the storylines that we need um, for, for the derby clash. But when it comes down to the football itself, what style of game do we see and, and who do you think ends up on top? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good question. You know, they, they've, they've played a lot of tight games in, uh, in recent times. I mean, the, the, the form guide, I, I guess, sort of marginally favours Sydney FC, but, but not by much. You know, they're, they're certainly you know, back on track after uh, Tale took over in the early uh, part of the season. Um, the Wanderers have been missing a few players of late due to... Uh, a few different reasons, mainly suspensions, to be honest. Uh, but they've got those players back now. And so, you know, Marco Redan has got uh, choices to make. Um, he made a brave one, I thought, on, on Saturday by selecting Aidan Simmons, who'd been out with suspension ahead of Dylan Shikluna, who was absolutely superb the week before against uh, the Central Coast Mariners. But, you know, he was vindicated because Simmons was terrific. Um, and they've got Nicholas Milanovic in form at the moment. Uh, obviously, they're missing Marcus Antonsen, but uh, Brandon Borello is back to full fitness. So, you know, that, that sort of fills that gap as well. Uh, Sydney FC are going OK. Uh, as I say, all right, they had a little bit of a stumble at home to Melbourne City last week. But that uh, they keep City at arm's length in, in the race for the six. So, I, I expect it to be, you know, the, the typical full-blooded derby. Um, I'm not even sure if you can you know, make a comparison in terms of styles because this derby is something a little bit special. It's uh, it's different and the players feel it, I'm sure of it. So I, I think we'll get a full-blooded contest and, uh, you know, hopefully we get a few goals as well, but uh, I, I'm sure there'll be some controversy. There normally is in this picture. <laughs> yeah, we'll have plenty to talk about after the weekend. Um, a quick one too on Wellington Phoenix and we discussed them last week as well. We would have thought that they'd take care of Perth Glory and you'd think that they'd take care of Adelaide United, but it was nil-all draw against Perth. Um, they're still on the top of the table, but Central Coast Mariners just three points back now. Yeah, well, look, for me, you know, the Mariners are fast emerging again as, as the story of this A-League season. I mean, they were absolutely terrific against Melbourne Victory on Sunday 
uh, you know, they had a, what was it, a less than 72-hour turnaround after defeating MacArthur in uh, extra time at the AFC Cup on Thursday night. And uh, when you saw the way that Mark Jackson set out his team with a, with a back three that was effectively a back five when they were out of possession, you thought, well, this is going to be a long afternoon for them. But, uh, you know, that they soaked up the pressure superbly well, managed to pin the goal, uh, probably should have had a couple more, to be honest. So um, they're a remarkable story. Uh, when you consider they've lost not only their coach, Nick Montgomery, but half a team from the side that uh, won the championship last year, and they're in second and really the form team in the competition. So, you know, if I was to pick a favourite for the title at this particular point in time, I, I'd be struggling to go past the Mariners because they're just on fire at the moment. Yeah, momentum, momentum. Hey, Matilda's tomorrow night down in Melbourne, Marvel Stadium, so they can wrap up that Olympic qualifying spot, which is essentially, you would hope, locked in. 3-0 um, in that opening leg against Uzbekistan. They both ended up... Um, sharing a same flight to Melbourne, as f as far as I saw. So, gee, it's going to be different, isn't it, to that first leg? But I also love, Simon, the, the talk out of the Matildas camp. Ellie Carpenter saying things like, you know, <clears throat> sure, we, we, could, we could draw this and walk away from it, but we want to put our stamp on this match. Plus... Don't, don't talk to us about travel. This is what we do as professional footballers, and we're up for the whole thing. There's no negativity around this one. Well, they can't afford any. Um, I mean, all right, the job is... I mean, you'd say half done, but it's basically three quarters done. I, I can't honestly see in any uh, world that they're going to let the three-goal advantage in the second leg. But, you know, th this is not necessarily just about Uzbekistan and getting through to the Olympics. I, th I think that's pretty much done and dusted. It, it's about laying down a marker and saying that, you know, we're not just going to beat these teams, but we're going to really put them to the sword and send out a bit of a message to, you know, the bigger nations that they are going to face uh, at the Olympics. Now, you know, in past tournaments, Australia have been close. Um, but when pushes come to shove against, you know, the, the really strong nations, they, they've just been found a little bit short. So uh, particularly without Sam Kerr, you know, they've got a point to prove, I think. Um, so I expect them to put on a, a dominant performance in the second leg. I, I think they'll win quite comfortably, but uh, then it's about getting ready for the Olympics. And, you know, this, I, I don't say it's, it's the, the last chance of the golden generation, but, um, you know, they've been pretty close fourth in the last two major tournaments. It, it'd be nice if they could get on the podium as a bare minimum. Mm. Good on you, mate. Uh, thanks for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Cheers, mate. All the best. There is Simon Hill joining us there. Yeah, it'll be a big night tomorrow. So some great storylines coming through the A-League um, as we get to crunch time in that in that uh, part of the season and some huge stories to come out of the Matildas. I mean, it'll be another big night tomorrow night. Their, their backing and their support is incredible. Don't forget, you can pick one NRL winner each week for your chance to win $2,500. Go to sensurvivor.com.au. And that is all thanks to Bryden's lawyers. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. Or 0457 736 736 is the text line number. Formula One starts this weekend as well in Bahrain. So there are talk about questions. We, we like to start a sporting week with our questions. And we did so yesterday. Man, there are some questions around season 2024. So it'll start in Bahrain. But... 
It's what's going to happen towards the end of the season, really, and unfortunately, that I think will be the biggest storyline this season because I think that Max Verstappen wraps up another championship. I think that's pretty much a no-brainer. Um, unless something goes wrong. And touch wood, we don't want anything to go wrong personally there. But if all being equal, Red Bull and Verstappen should be streets ahead, like I said yesterday. But then you've got all of these drivers that are coming off contract at the end of the year. 12 of them coming off contract at the end of this year. If you want to include Lance Stroll into that, add 13 because Lance has got a rolling contract, but it's with Dad's Aston Martin team. So he ain't going anywhere. So let's say 12 drivers out of the 20-car field are off contract at the end of the year. And as you already know, Lewis Hamilton's going to leave Mercedes and go to Ferrari. So... All of these doors start to open up and one simple move on the chess table will end up having a flow-on effect that could be as big as we've seen in an off-season. It'll happen during the season, in a season of Formula One. So Sergio Perez is out of contract at the end of the year at Red Bull Racing. Mercedes George is there, but Lewis Hamilton won't be, so there's a vacant seat. Carlos Sainz is out of contract because Lewis Hamilton's taking his seat. McLaren are locked in, but at Aston Martin, Fernando Alonso is out of contract. Lance Stroll, let's say he stays there. Alpine, Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon off contract. Logan Sargent at Williams, Yuki Tsunoda and Daniel Ricciardo off contract at the end of the season at the Red Bull sister team or junior team, whichever way you want to look at it. Valtteri Bottas and Joe Gagneau out of contract at Sauber. And Nico Hülkenberg and Kevin Magnussen will be off contract at the end of the year at Haas. Plus, we've got Audi starting to get their footprint in and take over the team, uh, become a team essentially in 2026. So all of these moving parts have to come together somehow to figure out the grid for 2025. We haven't even started 2024. <laughs> That's the kind of season that you're going to be into or in for in Formula One this year. You hear silly season? This will be the silliest. It's 21 past 10.